everyone, and welcome back to the Sunshine Speechy Podcast. This is your host, Nancy, and today I will be talking about choosing a program. Before I start, I just want to remind everyone to follow me at Sunshine Speechy on Instagram for additional tips and resources, um, and also be on the lookout. I'm starting a YouTube channel coming up soon. Um, quarantine is giving me so much extra time, so I figured I'd put it towards this. Um, and just try and get as much helpful information out there before I get super busy. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Um, Okay, so getting into this episode, it's going to be a little bit different from normal because my normal episodes, I'm kind of just shooting facts at you. But this time, I kind of want to just give you guys a bit of a narrative of how my graduate application process went, how I prepared for everything, and how I chose which program I would attend. So I attended Clemson University for my undergraduate degree. I got a bachelor's in psychology. Um, I decided to go to Clemson because my family had just moved to South Carolina after my senior year of high school, so I wanted to stay close to home and make sure that I got that in-state tuition. Um, But being at Clemson was relatively difficult because I was an out-of-major applicant, which poses a lot of problems. most specifically, it was really hard to find any sort of information about speech-language pathology graduate school, what you needed to apply, how you needed to prepare. Um, and so I kind of just assumed it would be something along the lines of undergrad, where you know, as long as you have a good enough GPA and a good enough ACT, um, you can get into a good school. But obviously, hopefully you already know, getting into speech pathology school is much more involved and it requires a lot more effort. It wasn't until I reached my sophomore year when I took a course called Senior Seminar for senior psychology majors. Um, I took it because I was really ahead of my course load and I learned all about applying to psychology graduate and doctorate schools. And I realized just how involved that process was. I mean, I didn't even have a resume I literally had just babysat. I just had nothing. And so I started to realize that I really needed to commit my time towards becoming a better applicant for speech-language pathology schools. Um, And it was around that time that I met a girl in my sorority who had already applied to graduate school for speech pathology. And she kind of gave me um, a little bit of insight as to what I needed to do to be a good applicant. Um, And she shared with me all the different programs that she applied to. She applied to, um, you know, USC, um, UT Dallas, and then she also applied to Vanderbilt. So I was very intrigued that Vanderbilt had a program, as many may be, just because of the name. Um, And I started to look into the program, and I absolutely just fell in love with it. I loved how they had stuff for... um, hearing loss and a preschool for children who had hearing loss and I really just fell in love with the idea of going to Vanderbilt. Um, As many of you know, Vanderbilt is probably the most competitive program in the country. They only accept about 15 students per year and about two or three thousand apply, I believe. So at the time, I did not know quite the extent to what it was competitive. I just knew that I really wanted to go there, and I needed to do everything that I could to get in. 
So I started boosting my resume by shadowing. Um, I had a shadowing internship my junior year. And then anytime I was home for break or I was home for summer, I would just shadow wherever I could. Um, And it really gave me some really great experiences outside of the whole resume thing anyways. Um, And in addition, I found ways where I could make money while still building my resume. Because I know a lot of you guys probably have an issue of wanting to boost your resume, but you have to work in college. So I became an ABA therapist Um, And then I also worked as just a student teacher teaching students about different health topics. Um, And then, of course, research. If you want to learn more about my obsession with doing research, listen to any of my other episodes. Um, And so I also started a student organization because I wanted to help, you know, cover the bridge. That's not the right expression, but I forget what it is. But yeah, oh, bridge the gap between out-of-major applicants and getting into graduate school. And so I started a speech pathology program or a club. We had, I think, two members. It was just me and my friend. And just through, you know, social media and posting around campus and telling people about it, I was able to get um, over 200 people in the club and really start to impact people, which is part of why I started this um, podcast now, because I realized even more how many people just don't know what it takes to get into graduate school. And that shouldn't be what's standing between you and becoming a speech language pathologist. Um, So my my senior year of college, I started the application process and I decided that my way of going about it was that I was going to apply to USC for my safety school and then three other schools that were super high caliber, super difficult to get into, but that I would either not get into and it would be fine. I would just go to USC or I would get into and I would just be ecstatic. So I applied to USC, of course, UNC, so University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. They're in the top 10 programs in the country. Um... And then I applied to the University of Texas, Dallas, which is, again, in the top 10 programs in the country. And then I applied to Vanderbilt, which is ranked number one. Um, So I first heard back from the University of South Carolina. I heard back about two weeks early, so it was just such a surprise Truly, I woke up, my friend had called me, my other friend had called me, and they both just said, check your email. And so I freaked out, checked my email, got the message that I got in. I was so relieved. Um, I called my friends back. One of them had gotten in, and then the other one hadn't. So that's when I sort of was like, whoa, because I had assumed that USC was going to be able to be everybody's safety school. And then I started hearing from more and more people that they either didn't get in or they got waitlisted. And I started to realize just how competitive speech pathology programs are. Um, It's important to note as well, UT Dallas is rolling admissions. And so I applied in November and I had assumed I would hear back by December. At this point, it was February. I had given up on UT Dallas because I had reached out to them several times They had shared with me that they already had a full class load and that I would, you know, hear back if anything changed. So I kind of assumed that I wasn't going to get in 
and I was okay because I was going to go to USC. The next school that I heard back from was UNC. The way that UNC does it is they tell you um, a specific day that they will call you telling you that you got into the program. If you don't receive a call and you get an email, it means that you didn't get in. So I sat around waiting all day long for them to call me, and I did not get a phone call. Um, I also kept checking my email. So I was like, okay, I got in, right? Because I was waiting for that phone call. If they hadn't emailed me and they had called me, then that must mean that I got in. Finally, at 8 p.m. that night, I got a message from UNC that my portal had been updated Um, and I received their rejection letter. This was really difficult for me. I remember crying. Um, I just felt so stupid because I went into this thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to USC. If I get into one of these other schools, great. If I don't, that's fine. And then I was realizing that I was really just hoping that I would get into one of these schools. And now I felt ridiculous for spending all this money and time applying to these programs when clearly I wasn't going to get into any of them. Um, So that was really difficult for me. I also graduated early from college and took prerequisites online. You can learn more about that on my Instagram. Um, I did that specifically for UNC because they don't accept people who are out of major unless they've completed these certain prerequisites. So it was kind of this slap in the face. Um, Of course it wasn't. They didn't do it on purpose. They just had someone else to fill my spot. But I just took it so personally that I had worked so hard and clearly was so committed to going to their program. And it didn't matter. Um, So that was really hard. I remember that week, I was just so upset. I called my sister. Um, I called my sister that next Monday to talk to her and tell her how I felt ridiculous for applying and how I just wasted my time and I just felt so foolish. Literally, I hung up the phone with her, um, went to check my email, um, and I had an email from the University of Texas Dallas director of the program. Um, He wrote me this super long email about how he was so impressed with my student organization and research and that I had been admitted into their program and that they were considering me for an in-state scholarship. That was an amazing, amazing news. I just, I remember I was sitting in the study area. I just started sobbing. I called my sister back immediately, and I told her, forget everything that I just said. It was all worth it. I got into UT Dallas. I called my mom. I called everyone I know. It was so exciting. Um, And that was just the greatest news. So I just, you know, I called everyone told them, I'm going to UT Dallas, forget what you heard, we're going to figure it out. Um, I emailed him back and forth a couple of times, and he assured me that if I could um, make sure and tell them that I wanted to go there, that the scholarship was mine. Um, This was really huge for me because, like many people, I am paying for my graduate college by myself, um, and I also am paying for about half of my undergraduate myself as well, so I have a bunch of student loans, so getting in-state tuition at UC Dallas actually makes it comparable, um, and actually a little bit less money than going to USC, so I was just through the moon, over over the moon, through the roof, um, because I was just so excited that I could not only go to UC Dallas, but I could afford to go there, um, 
that I thought was the end of my saga. Then on March 15th, which was Vanderbilt's deadline, I received an email from them that I had been accepted into their program. It was pretty much maybe the most insane moment of my life. I cried. First, I was in shock. Then I cried. I for sure thought that they had made a huge mistake that they did not mean for me to get this letter, that it was meant for someone else. Um, And it was just truly the greatest form of confirmation of all of this hard work and reaffirmation. I don't know that that's a word, but it was just this feeling that everything I'd done was worth it and that I finally felt smart. I mean, I think it's really hard to feel smart almost all the time, um, especially when you're doubting yourself. So it was just this insane moment for me. Um, But I did not receive any scholarship from them. So I spent about two agonizing weeks wondering which program I should choose. And I eventually talked to one of my friends back from Chicago. She's a speech language pathologist. She's about, um, she's a lot older than me. And she gave me some really important insight into choosing your program. And that is whatever the factors are, that are deciding which school you go to, they are equally as important and they shouldn't be discredited. So even if you're choosing your program based on, you know, how much it costs, where it is, um, what kind of shadowing is available, if you liked it when you went to it, if you liked the person you talked to on the phone, um, all of those things could be considered arbitrary, but if they're important to you, they're important to you. So that was really helpful to me because I had really been battling it because as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I had spent my entire undergraduate career trying to get into Vanderbilt University. And getting in was like this ultimate affirmation that I had, all of my hard work was worth it. But It was going to cost over $40,000 more to go there um, than UT Dallas. So it was this really difficult situation for me of how could I pass up this opportunity, but also how could I pass up this other opportunity where my financial burden would be at least half as much. Um... So that's something that I really want you guys to consider when you're thinking about your programs. You know, if you got into a program that you think is just so much better, but you really value being close to home, don't just discredit that feeling in yourself. Your gut feeling is so important. And so if you think that you really want to be close to home for your graduate school and that's what's going to make you happy and successful, then do that. You know, and that's kind of what I realized Um, from my talk with the speech language pathologist and just talking to all of my family members was that I actually was leaning towards UT Dallas because, you know, they had made it so clear how much they wanted me. I loved everyone that I talked to on the phone. Um, They had all the same resources available. You know, they had a preschool for hearing impaired individuals. They had an adult clinic. They had a child's clinic, pediatric clinic. 
Um, and so I realized at the end of the day that the financial burden of Vanderbilt University wasn't going to be worth it because I just realized that if I took the names away from the schools and I was just looking at school A and school B instead of Vanderbilt University and UT Dallas, that I actually liked UT Dallas's program better and they had more resources available, available to me because of the size of their program. They had more research getting being done that was in my um, interest areas. Um, and they had a lot more students going into PhD programs and pursuing research, which is something that I really value. Um, it was still really hard for me because um, Vanderbilt had just been my dream for so long. And it was really difficult to realize that my dreams had changed. But at the end of the day, I kind of realized that I wasn't giving UT Dallas the chance that it deserved just because of the name of Vanderbilt. And I realized, you know, I can't choose my program over the prestige of a program, of a program's name over um, the entire clinic, the entire faculty, um, all the students, the location, um, all of those different aspects. So I did um, accept University of T UT Dallas's offer and I got the scholarship and I did have to deny Vanderbilt, which was really hard. I held it off for as long as I could. Um, so that is my story of choosing a program. Hopefully I did not rattle on too long and ramble. I'm sorry about that. But um, I hope that you guys found this at least a little bit helpful. Um, I really hope that it can help you guys make have a clear head when making your decisions about schools and not just base it on, you know, societal pressures and which school people think is ranked better. Um, and also no discredit to Vanderbilt. They also have an amazing program. Of course, um, I just realized UT Dallas was a better fit for me. And of course, they were willing to help me um, substantially with my finances. Um, so I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Um, be on the lookout for my upcoming YouTube channel. Um, if you ever have any sort of questions or comments or suggestions, please, please, please feel free to um, reach out to me on my Instagram. Just DM me. I want to be there to help everybody along this pretty difficult process. And I don't want anyone to ever feel like they can't do it or they're not cut out to be an SLP because if you are this motivated to be listening to my podcast, you definitely are meant to be an SLP. Sorry, I'm rambling again. <laughs> okay. Um, everybody have an amazing night, an amazing week. Um, um, we will all get through this. Goodbye.